200, if not 300 people, you know, with more coaches. And Tony Robbins, who is in many ways like, you know, an early adopter of this, he's doing $25 million a weekend with 5,000 people in cohort-based live experiential learning. So I, I think it's quite scalable. It just looks different. Well, okay, that's super encouraging to me because as you're saying that, I'm just thinking about like different different things that we run. Like my my brother-in-law, then like a course starter. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Today on the show, we've got part two of our interview with a Disco co-founder, Candace Factor. If you missed part one, please go back and hear about growing Wattpad to over 100 million users and venture capital investing and all sorts of fun, exciting things. But rather than review that, I want to jump straight into the questions that I have that came from the end of part one. Candace, for anybody who might have missed part one, can you just give the quick overview on what Disco is for folks that missed that? Absolutely. So Disco is a platform for creators to build, market, and scale their live learning empires. And that likely includes a combination of workshops, courses, masterminds. We just make it super easy for you to create these live learning products, market and sell these products, operate and scale the business. And what's great about it is it is an all-in-one, easy-to-use learning hub for anybody who is a, a participant in your learning community. Okay. So like I said, I've got a bunch of questions. So I, I, learning has become, this sounds dumb. I think learning has become like a hobby for me. Like I get a high out of that audiobook that changes everything. And I will listen to, you know, I, I, I typically go through maybe three to four books a week and I just, you know, have a three and a half speed on audible. Right. And, <laughs> and finding the one that unlocks or explains things that I've observed, but didn't know why, or like, I feel like I've, I've come across like such incredible principles, you know, probably the, the most geeky I've ever been on the show is when I got to have Richard Kosh, the guy who wrote the 80-20 principle on the show. It just, anyways. So I had, when I was running my fund in Canada, we worked, we had this uh, small boutique consulting firm called the Arbinger Institute that, that we had hired to help us. And their stuff is just incredible. It's, it's like really based on kind of this Austrian philosopher from 100 years ago named Martin Buber. He says like, most of our people problems don't come from what we did or said. It's how we're, how we're thinking about people when we said it or did it, you know? I love and that. that that's, that's great. And, and just like, it's all about spotting our blind spot, you know, all about helping us identify our blind spots when we're objectifying others mm -hmm. and then rationalizing it to ourselves and change my marriage, change my company, change my life. And so when 2008 was wreaking havoc on the investment world, a handful of years later, it worked its way through the Alberta Securities Commission and all sorts of new regs were showing up. I took a break from finance and I came down here to come work for them full time. And you know, global clients, I got to teach leadership training classes to like Navy SEALs and CIA and Microsoft and Oracle and, and quit, started my own. And it's like a fascinating thing. And especially like the science of learning, like myelination and neuroplasticity just makes me so optimistic about what's basically how I can upgrade myself. You know, it's like the science of how to, how to get an upgrade, how to upgrade my operating system. So a couple of thoughts that I have is I completely agree with this experience that group learning, having a partner, positive peer pressure, 
like as an experience, like as my experience taking courses, writing courses, um, books, I'm a YouTube, University of YouTube addict, you know, I've taken the MOOC classes, I've done all these things, right? And what you're saying lines up so much with my experience. And yet, I also feel like there's this part of society that has been from a finance, financial perspective, have been taught webinars are free, Mm -hmm. or been taught that a live learning class is the same value as a pre-recorded class, or things like this. So I'm interested in the business of live learning and, and being profitable in the live learning world. I love you it. You go anywhere you want with any of that monologue of mine. <laughs> There's so many places. You know, first, I, I would just say it's so great to have the kindred spirit of, of a lifelong learner and so obvious, right, based on what you choose to spend your time doing. And it it's really like the ethos of disco is born out of this, you know, uh, desire to, to give people like you more ways to share your learnings with your audiences, as well as for you to learn. And, and you want to say something. So I'll, I'll, I, do. Let you... well, I just want to give you one more piece of context, which is I have, I have outlined, I don't know, at least 15 or 20 books that I want to write. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm about 80% done, like three of them. <laughs> I haven't completed anything. And I've, I've built and taught other courses and stuff. And like, for instance, one of my deepest passions is teaching the Warren Buffett approach to Mm -hmm. investing. Mm -hmm. And so I've got books outlined on it. I've taught courses in the past. And as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, because I, all these CEO coaching clients I've had through the years. We're we're going to get you on to disco. You're teaching. I'm constantly talking about it. So I'm thinking like, especially like this idea of what if we could win investors for Mm -hmm. Greystoke Investments by building the trust of helping them know how to sort any investment decision. And at the same time, recognize whether they like the way we sort investment decisions or not, rather than like a sales pitch. So I, I love that you're, think so like you're, you're so ahead of the game and you're making me so excited because it is my belief that live learning is not really just about learning, right? Like live learning is about experiences. And if you think about what you're trying to do as a business, right? You are trying to build trust and a set of experiences that tell your clients that you are the right people to help them, you know, with their investment decisions. And so actually one of the use cases, uh, you'll see it on February 15th on our new landing page on Disco is very much that is customer onboarding through the power of live learning experiences. And, you know, what we're building is, is truly like the Shopify for, you know, what Shopify did to e-commerce. And I'll, I'll try to give you all of the analogies of why it's very similar we're doing in the live learning experience and your use case is an exceptionally valid and great one that we're already starting to see great brands do. I want to go back to your comment around the business of live learning. I think this is where Disco is really differentiated. Like there are a lot of platforms that are about courses, And then there are a lot of technology platforms that are just about video, right? But ultimately, in my mind, it's it's about a suite of live learning experiences and how you take your customers on a journey from that free, you know, if you want to call it webinar or live event where they get to know you or get curious about what you're doing to, you know, maybe some lighter products like a paid workshop or a group mastermind with some other CEOs to your whale product, which may be like a really deep dive course that Warren Buffett's doing. And what our 
vision for Disco is that we help you merchandise and monetize across your customer journey, your knowledge and thought leadership. And, you know, and it's, it's really interesting because authors are, you know, they have amazing IP, but the reality is, and I have real examples like Roger Martin, who just launched his first cohort 150 learners in his virtual live program. And it's not cheap. It's $2,500 like a, a participant. He's an incredible author who's written, you know, many books on strategy and leadership, but he sees this as like the future of his IP. He's like, this is the Roger Martin school of business. Like, this is what I want to build. I don't want to have an intermediary between me. I want to be partners with Disco and use a platform like this to build an array of products to meet his customers' needs. Okay, so my buddy Josh Steinle, he's been on the show. He's uh, written, he wrote a really great book called Chief Marketing Officers at Work. And he's written for, you know, Forbes and I don't know, all these magazines. He has like 300 articles and magazines and stuff. He was teaching this class where he charged like higher end entrepreneurs 30 grand for the year to, to help them write a book over a year, get a book outlined and written. Mm -hmm. And then he realized like he's an expert writer, but he didn't really want to do like the ongoing advisory work for, so he's like, Hey, do you want to split this business with me? And I'll cut you in for half and we'll, we'll run this class course for a year together. Right. And this idea of like charge them enough money. These are people who, these are really quite wealthy entrepreneurs. Right. And, but charging them enough that they actually cared. Right. Cause like 30 grand for a year. That's, that's really that's a lot of money. And, but this idea of like ongoing cohort based accountability, relationship focused, and certain people dwindled over time, but like the top students out of that produced so much revenue, like to the point that the, that the one woman's team said, will you quit posting to LinkedIn? We don't know what to do with all the customers. She's like, I'm going to train you people in entrepreneurship. We're going to hire more staff, not post less, but anyways. But it, but it's, it's so, it, it's so um, great to hear you say that because what I, what I'm taking away from that is you know, enrollment, which is really what you're talking about, right? You get enrollment in two ways. I mean, this is very much thanks to Seth Godin, who's, you know, been super helpful to us at Disco as well and in and inspiring. We actually, his Alt MBA, the head of learning from Alt MBA is now working with Disco, which is super oh, exciting. But one of the things I learned is like price is a great enrollment vehicle, like cause people pain because they paid you so much. So they're going to pay attention, right? But also create an experience that is, with other humans, like the, the, the connectivity in a, in a support group, in a peer group, in something where you have to show up and be accountable, where you have to have a practice is invaluable. And I think it comes to understanding that we are living in an attention economy. It is not like, like the scarcest resource is our attention for what we're going to put, you know, where we're going to put our attention. And when you have live community-based learning, you are more likely to allocate your attention to something that, you know, others are expecting you to, to show up for. And, and the results are I'm very much transformative. Well, and I think about, I think about the first program like that, that I really took where I think I got more from my participants than the instructor. Mm -hmm. And okay, so here's my next question. But, so, but that's that's a super important thing is that like part of the learning experience design in a cohort based course is for you to get as much from the other participants. And that's why curation is so important 
as from the instructor, right? It's like the old world model is like, you know, preacher on the stage, just talking at you. The new world model is dialogue with others, sharing their experiences, reflections, doing uh, so that you can have the transformation. Well, so here's my question for you is uh, my next question is about scale. We're, you know, we're trying to put several hundred million dollars into our commercial real estate fund and then keep growing it from there. Right. And kind of going the opposite route of, you know, where I came out of the city group, like go meet with a pension fund and ask for money. We are super interested in jobs act and crowdfunding. And, you know, my fund that we ran in, out of Alberta, this is like pre 2008 jobs act was not a glimmer in anybody's eye in the U S yet. Right. But we have all those other exemptions in Canada, the exempt market and some of these things. Right. So like we built our first fund with 1200 investors, individuals, you know, like we, like we, we've been playing retail before the Americans knew it was an option <laughs> you know, for, for non-trading. Thing, yeah. Right? So we feel like we can bring that advantage to the market. So even at 30 grand and a participant, like compared to the money I can make running a very large commercial real estate fund, it like from a time value standpoint, it may not make as much sense. But the idea of like live learning to larger groups where maybe there's like there's there's cohort leaders, you know, we, we put them in groups of six and there's somebody who's a leader or the, do you, have you guys anticipated or do you do anything around that of like no, no, that's, why, that's why we've built uh, disco. Right. So if you think about the number one thing we were thinking about is this kind of experience, like does it scale? Right. It's a lot easier to scale a piece of content. Right. Like the the marginal work. cost well that's exactly it the marginal cost is zero but how do you actually scale stuff that works well what's interesting about virtual live learning today is the notion of breakout rooms and actually the ability to scale stuff far better than in person and so when you think about you know going to an experience in person can you imagine how crazy it would be if you had 5,000 people there for you to say, hey guys, just hop into a breakout room for like 10 minutes to have a reflection <laughs> with each other and a set of questions and a chat window and then come back all within like under six minutes. Like, yeah, right, impossible. Also think about from a scale perspective, like how would you actually host a amazing immersive transformational experience globally all at the same time where, you know, the instructor can be in Japan and you can have people from, you know, Asia and, and Australia and so it's absolutely impossible to do, right? And then think about like the efficiency of just hopping, you know, at your desk in your office or out of your bed to like just jump in there. And that this is what is so powerful about this moment in time. Like we are in, I use this language, like the flip phone stage of what it's gonna be like to build learning metaverses in the future. Like this is like the, the 1999, right? Of the internet, in my opinion, of, of what it's gonna appear like. And the scalability is totally doable. And what we're even seeing now, like Roger Martin's course is a really immersive experience. It's Roger with participation from the audience in the main sessions, but then there's groups of 20 broken out with your own Roger certified strategic coach to actually go deep into your own strategic thinking questions, right? And, and sort of having a small group. And this is, we have 150 people for the first cohort. Our next cohort is opening for May. And because of the overwhelming demand, there's going to be like 200, if not 300 people, you know, with more coaches. 
And Tony Robbins, who is in many ways like, you know, an early adopter of this, he's doing $25 million a weekend with 5,000 people in cohort-based live experiential learning. So I, I think it's quite scalable. It just looks different. Well, okay, that's super encouraging to me because as you're saying that, I'm just thinking about like different different things that we run. Like my my brother-in-law has been like a poor starving, poor student for like 12 years after getting out of school because he became a prosthodontist and that takes forever, right? <laughs> but he's like, you know, like he's at this point where now he's starting to make great money and those student loans are getting smaller and all of a sudden the options start showing up, right? And I've been thinking like, you know, there's so many jokes in the finance world about doctors and dentists and the, the, the poor financial choices that they sometimes make with when it comes to investing, right? And I'm thinking like, we, like I, I've been talking about having in-person groups or just like Zooms of like Warren Buffett for dentists and prosthodontists and periodont, like, like just that. And it, that okay. contest just for that, whatever. But what's fascinating about your type of model is this idea to like potentially scale it nationally or internationally and like I just keep adding, but be able to keep the content hyper specific of like how you guys get your money, what your tax implications are, what you may want to think about between paying off your practice versus making outside passive income, you know, anyways. It's brilliant what you're saying. And, and I think the idea that you have cohorts or small groups of you could have, you know, value investing for orthodontists, right? You can have a value investing course, but you could actually have subgroups and our platform allows for subgroups where all the dentists are together and they're actually talking amongst each other about the relevant content that's for them. Like even in some of our courses, you know, we have subgroups or corporate groups that can even keep confidentiality together in their subgroup, but still be a part of the creator's sort of well, pedagogy. Because for instance, I would put I would put a prosthodontist group together where you've only got one from any given city. Sure. You know, right? So that they're not yeah. sharing their finances with their competitor, right? Absolutely. Or they can, even if they're not going to share any finances, they just don't feel like they're giving up any secrets to their competitor. And that like that feeling of like building a relationship, but with somebody I don't have to see at the grocery store, right? Absolutely. Makes, makes a ton of sense. Okay. Well, now that we've agreed that everybody should be doing this, any other advice? I, just in general, well, first off, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm definitely going to make sure that we, we find a way to have you on Disco. So very excited about that. Other advice in general on being an entrepreneur or on learning all of it? Uh, no, let's just go completely open mic. What's something, what's something you're passionate about that we haven't covered? Anything you want? I would say, you know, my, my, one of my biggest passions is mindset and really, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think there's, there's a ton of material out there that seems conflicting, you know, and one of the, the biggest, you know, growth opportunities I've had in my life is to stop kind of looking at things as competing with each other but actually seeing them as complementary. And I think that's a really interesting one when it comes to mindset in particular. And, and you know, I, I think one of the things I'm really interested in is mindfulness and the benefits of, you know, in this incredibly modern, fast-paced world where all of us want to be super successful and driven, you know, having some form of antidote to, you know, this this hyper fast and attention you know a com competing environment is just learning how to have stillness and quiet and spaciousness for your mind so you know my biggest piece of advice is to get like really really curious around the antidotes to what 
our, our modern obsessions and, and societies offer so that you can actually sort of transcend those and, and, and look at, at these things from a place that's just a little bit more quiet. Like that, that would be something I would love to offer. That's great. Well, will you give people websites and social handles again? Absolutely. So disco is disco.co. Come build your live learning empire with us. We're really, really excited about all the different types of live learning experiences that we chatted about. And my Twitter handle is Candice Disco. So you can find me on Twitter. And if you're interested in my live learning community, we have some really amazing people on there. Adam Grant, Seth Godin, Ryan Holiday. You can come and take a listen at gamechanger.co. And last, Lobby Capital, we're a Series A firm investing in amazing, groundbreaking entrepreneurs, and that's lobby.com. And at Lobby, are you sector specific? What what are you looking for? Nope, sector agnostic, just amazing entrepreneurs with groundbreaking ideas. We do a lot in in SaaS and network effect platforms. Okay, great. Uh, Thanks so much for doing this. This is so much fun for me. I had a blast and I, I'm so happy to have met somebody just as passionate, if not more, around lifelong learning. Super inspired to be here. Okay. Bye, everyone.